I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, site manager, Joshua Voles, over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me tonight is my, I mean, we're going to war, y'all, all right? Emperor, Supreme Warlord, eminent commander of it all. So my head lieutenant, Jude Seymour. Jude, how you doing tonight, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, as always. Were you ready to march? Ready to march to Georgia. I am actually the guy quivering in the back. I'm wearing the armor, but I'm not fully committed to the <laughs> to the war part. I feel like I'm going to get shot. <laughs> Are you the goddamn flag wow? I'm the guy. I'm not the first up the hill. I'm more like the drummer boy in the right, back. The like guy. he's like, I don't really need to lead this charge. You just need to hear the drum somewhere, right? <laughs> That's me. I have face paint for you. <laughs> We're gonna, I was gonna do, we we're gonna do a whole Braveheart thing, Jude. But here I am. Uh, here I am alone. I'm so sorry. I wish, running up a hill. I wish. I wish on. I was that guy that was like, you know, I saw Dixie Dumber on Twitter the other day. It was like, you know, everyone's saying that we can't win this game, but well, why can't we? You know, and it's like, ah, yeah, oh, I want to be time? that guy that's like, how, yeah, into the fray. How, how much time you that. got, buddy? Yeah. No, I love this. I just, yeah. I'm more like a, I'm more like a Fresno Dome or like a, hey, uh, you know, certainly Notre Dame could win this game, but like really, let let's, let's be honest, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is a win. I know, I know, you and I disagree on this because I have got on record many times saying Notre Dame was going to go 11 to one this year, which is looking pretty damn good right, about right now if you start looking at Notre Dame's opponents. And say and said that Georgia was, you know, going to be the lone loss. But then when we go micro and start talking about games, I'm the guy who's fighting to say, "Fuck it, we can win this damn thing." I mean, so yeah, am I bipolar? Possibly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a good chance of that. Uh, But uh, so that's my space where I'm at. Where like I real I know the realities of it all. Uh, but because I don't have to put on uh, a facade of uh, of unbiasedness, I can I can definitely I can lean on in uh, into my face paint. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I, I think sometimes the you know not to get too deep into this, but the fan psyche of this is sometimes if we hurt ourselves first, no one oh, yeah, hurt for us. Sure. 
you know? So, it, you know, I've been on record since July saying 38, 17, Georgia, there's been, there's there. I mean, obviously encouraged by the first two games that Notre Dame has played, but certainly very encouraged by the first three games that Georgia's played. Um, there's not much for me to, to, to really change that prediction. And so if they don't, if they, if they, I said to my wife tonight, I go, look, if they lose 38, 17, like I've made peace with that already. I haven't made peace with them when going out, jumping out to a 17, nothing lead and losing 38, 17. Like I will be like, I will be Michigan 2011 type sad, you know, if that happens or whatever. So if they lose a close game by one point again, it's going to be as gut wrenching as that 2017 game was. So that was so sad that 2011 game. You yeah, know, I was I was at Wessel's house for that game, and he had a giant uh, uh, outdoor viewing party for this. And it was, it was it was he used to do it every year, and it was it was dope. Uh, it was a great time. A lot of people that I that I actually knew, which was weird because people were like, "Well, how you guys met?" We're like, "Oh, we met online." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but if you're a parrot, and if you're significant other who happens to be female uh, nurses their child you'll know that when you have a six-month-old there's certain equipment that you need right yes and uh we forgot some <laughs> I, I i was in charge of of packing up the uh the pump and uh i forgot some pretty important pieces uh so that wasn't working very well come halftime and uh we were still we were feeling pretty good about what was going on in the game, uh, but we ended up having to leave a little early, and then disaster hit. And then Wes and I called each other, damn near in tears, after the game, cussing out the stars. So, so what I think I'm hearing is <laughs> you leaving Wes's party was the reason we lost that game. Is that we what don't hearing? know? See, we don't know for sure because okay. every game we've ever watched together, we've lost. Like 2000. Oh. Um, I think it was 2011 USC as well. Uh, the uh, Chris fumble game. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We were up in that game. We sat right next to the USC band uh, and we lost that. And the, there must've been, maybe it was 2013, 2013 Michigan. Okay. Uh, I, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember which, which there, there was a third one. Right. And it was three strikes are out. Uh, so, <laughs> so we had band being near each other. We were a little worried hanging out pre Miami of Ohio, uh, <laughs> there, there, a little bit of worry there. So, uh, but we figured the press box and this, and he was in the stands all the way across the other side of the stadium would be, that was far enough. Like we'd be okay. And it turns out our name was able to overcome our dark cloud and beat Miami of Ohio that day. So, but we're not playing Miami, Ohio this week. We're playing playing, Georgia. We are playing number three, Georgia, number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs, a team who got beat by LSU by like 20 some points uh, last year and still felt the need to talk a whole bunch of shit that they were the second best team in the country. Um, So I, I gotta give them some, look, if you're me and you're the type of person I am, you kind of actually respect Georgia's bullshit. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm being totally honest. I mean, this is, I'm not dissing Georgia in this any way. I respect that. I respect the confidence, uh, and the bravado to, you know, have two losses and to tell a team is undefeated, uh, that you're better than them. 
and that you belong there and then show up at your bowl game and get your ass kicked. Um, I, I, that kind of sounds like something I do <laughs> so, or that would happen to me. So I, you know, I, I respect myself, I think enough, uh, to keep living. So, you know, I, I kind of respect, uh, George's mindset with all that. And, I think it's just, I think it's interesting that that sugar bowl think, loss clearly had no impact on the way that the, you know, the people that ranked teams, uh, viewed Georgia this year. They're like, yeah, yeah they're the third best team. Yeah. It, it, it's a, well, because everybody bought into the storyline that Georgia didn't want to be there. I mean, which is I a, don't which think you're allowed to get passes like that though. I well, mean, that's what I'm saying though. But I mean, I, I'm just, it makes no sense to me that you would give them a pass like that. And that's what people were doing. Like, well, they didn't want to be there. They still have the talent. They're still good enough. They just need some motivation. Right. They're, I, they're, they're that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're a good team. Doesn't do that. Your AP rank shows up and fucking plays. Your AP ranked number three in the nation's coaches poll number three in the nation. If you had beaten Texas, what was your preseason ranking? Number three. Like clearly losing to Texas had no ill effects on them. No, none. And you know, you're like, oh, don't base it off of last year or whatever. Well, you gotta start somewhere. I mean, there's a reason Clemson's number one and Alabama's number two. Right. I mean, it's it's all you know subjective, right? But there's kind of rules to the subjectiveness, right? Like, it, yeah, you don't, you don't say like, well, USC is returning a lot of starters this year. So we'll just put them as number one. Like, no, it's based off of like who won the championship last year, who was in second place, who was in the playoffs. That's why Notre Dame's at, at seven. Like, have they played as the seventh best team in the, in the nation? I would argue no, but at the same time, I would also argue that you're hard pressed to find a team that you, you would automatically put ahead of them. That's yes, the crazy did you, part. Did about you know it. Notre Dame has the receivers have the most yards after catch per I average? I read the game that. Thank you, Notre Dame PR team. And I, <laughs> which is just the best stat because of you know books on willingness, at least in against Louisville, to throw the ball downfield at all. <laughs> so a couple of shovel passes really bumped that. <laughs> that should be well, rough. When you throw that pass, average way the fuck up. When you put, throw a pass three yards behind the line of scrimmage and your guy runs for fifty six. Or you throw a pass four yards past the line of scrimmage, and your guy runs for sixty-five after breaking five tackles. Like that's that stat's going to go up pretty high, especially I mean? after so, two games. Yeah, <laughs> I don't expect them to be where they are right now at the end of the year. I think that's an easy that's an easy one. So. But do we expect Ian Book to still be the le- team's leading rusher after <laughs> Saturday? God, I hope not. You know, I uh, hey, look, DeAndre Swift. He's not averaging 100 yards a game. Just, just know that. No, he did uh, what 147 against Vandy, and then like probably like a 90 something against Murray State, and then like 76, I think, was last week. Yeah, he's only he didn't even get. He didn't even get in the end zone. I mean, he's Look, trash. He's only got I mean, 290. DeAndre, he's only got 290 yards. Board, Georgia fans, DeAndre Swift is trash. Ian you know. Book has as many touchdown runs as DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Take that, Georgia. Take that. Fun Take with stats. That. Hashtag fun with stats. Uh, you know, you know, the whole thing, like uh, hashtag basic girl or what, mm-hmm. what I, I, there's gotta be one for me. Like I am the, right now I am feeling like the most basic I can possibly feel about going into a, a game. Like I, like I, I saw like, uh, like rakes and a few guys like making fun of like the basic stats this week. And I'm kind of chuckling thinking, you're like, you know what? I'm living and dying by the basic stats this week because <laughs> because to me, advanced stats 
don't mean shit until you really until you get about halfway through the season anyways. Well, so, I don't think basic stat. I mean, you look at it and you're like Notre Dame scoring averaging 50.5 points a game or whatever. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, hey, we are on, well, like, we are averaging more points per game than Georgia. I know. Well, crazy, right? 9.3. Totally look past the fact they played one more game than we have. So now, like, now we're doubling up on points allowed. We're allowing 15 and a half. Georgia's seventeen seven, points. Seven, seven yeah, seven seven point seven. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in it. <laughs> so no advanced stats to me. I I don't get a whole lot of which I which I do enjoy more than I used to in the past. But I don't put as enough stock into it until we get a lot more data into the banks. Well, other I'll than that, you. all I can base it off of is, is is not even basic stats. It's just eye test, right? And Georgia and passes the eye test. Right. I mean, what? here's here's why I'm drummer boy in the back. OK, Notre Dame is six for 22, which ranks 121st in the FBS on third down. Uh, they've given up four sacks and 13 negative plays. Georgia has 21 tackles for losses, which is the top third nationally. Um, at Georgia is giving up an average of two point one yards per rush. Notre Dame is giving up an average of 4.96 yards per rush. And Georgia is averaging 7.6 yards per carry. See, you know like, what you're telling that's me? That's why I'm drummer boy. Okay. You know, but you, you know what I'm getting out of all that? What you just told me? Uh, take a wild, take, go ahead. Take a wild guess about what I'm thinking after all those stats you threw at me. I have, I, I don't know. You can't get him this head, can you? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, a proverbial lockbox. Hit me. <laughs> I am thinking, hell yeah, Notre Dame. You just got through two games with showing Georgia nothing. Way to go. I just you don't think the world nothing. works like that. You're going to unleash it all down in Athens. Do, do we really? I mean, do you, I think that's the great. I think that's one of the greatest canards that college football fans are just like, they're holding things back. They don't want to show George in the full playbook or whatever. I just, I, I actually don't believe college football works that way. This is, I how, just, I, this is how I think it works. I think, and, then, and specifically for Notre Dame this season, I think with Louisville, they had a specific game plan about what they wanted to do. Jafar Armstrong gets knocked out of the game, which he was a massive and component. Screwed up the game plan. Yes, I agree. That, with that. that was not. That was throw the game plan in the fucking trash can right. after that happened. And, and should they have had a better backup plan rather than jump? Absolutely, but you still had enough talent where you should have beat them, no problem. And they did. I mean, right. they absolutely did. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, they had some problems with the speed speed option. To me, that's. That's I, I won't say forgivable, um, but kind of. I mean, you're breaking in all sorts of new guys in the front seven, uh, so I can see that. I can see that happening. Uh, you know, you get like the number two pass pass efficiency defense in the country, although the two quarterbacks you face are horrible passers. But so then you so then you got New Mexico, and regardless of everything Kelly said to the media, and he was perfect in the way he played it about talking about ball state last from last year. They, he, it didn't change the fact that he knew they were going to just beat the dog shit out of them at some, you know, at some point. So with that, I mean, just look at the damn participation list that Notre Dame had on against New Mexico. It was, uh, I, I want to say 72 guys. I believe it. I think it was 72 guys saw PT that game. That's, I mean, there, there was a graduate astounding. student, graduate student tight end who laid out a dude at the very end of the game who I was like, I mean, it, it was a true, you can't tell the players without a scorebook sort of moment or was like, 
all right, I know who 81 was last year. See, that's why that's why Notre Dame hires has so many photographers of the <laughs> under their belt down there because it's just shit like that. Like that guy got in his locker, got like, you know, for, or in his email, got four or five photos of him just laying somebody out. That's yeah. his thing for life now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. When he's like 84 in his office writing his will, uh, that picture's <laughs> hanging behind his. He'll be gifting those. I think his name's John Lager, right? Isn't that what his name was? Lager? Yeah. Fucking, you can't ask for a better name. Are you kidding me? Lager? <laughs> yeah, Come on. Lager. I think it's Lager. Come on. So, I mean, you got Polini out there. Make a, you got a Polini on the field? I mean, come on. You got Mick Asoff? Come on. Yep. So, the get all the stuff, all that stuff, you didn't have to. Sh- you, so, not to say that it was part of your game plan for Georgia to not show those two games, but you absolutely fucking knew that you didn't have to. Number one, against Louisville, you couldn't because Jafar Armstrong was gone. And number two, against New Mexico, it didn't matter. It, none of it mattered. You were going to blow them out and you doing whatever, and you did. And it, it really was basic. Like their running game was basic. Uh, running Sebo Flemister inside six, seven times. I mean, it was basic. So I guess the, the string of hope that I have is that there's a little more cre- creativity there. And I, and I think there is with chip. I mean, I, we've seen it before. So here comes the game where nothing's being held back. Right. Like if it's in the playbook and, and they have practiced it and they know the play it's fair game. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm worried that it's like all of a sudden we're going to see Cole Komet attempting a pass or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, like, I don't think you're, I don't, I don't think that they're going to get cute at all though. Like I, you're, I think you're going to see a lot more jet motion shit this week. Um, but I, I would almost say that like, say like 10, 11 plays with jet motion uh, and maybe one time th- that's that you're, you're hitting them on the end around, um, you know, just kind of stuff like that. They, they peaked enough stuff out there that Georgia to, for Georgia to, to see where, you know, where you're running counter plays off it and all like all the other good stuff. So. I don't know. I, it's, I don't think Georgia has had the same type of start and mindset. Uh, you know, they, they played Vanderbilt, Murray state, Arkansas state. Um, they, they had, a, I won't say they struggled against Vanderbilt, but it wasn't the, it wasn't a crisp game from a number three team in the country versus a, a conference seller dweller. Um, you know, but how much do you glean off of Murray state? Uh, who's actually really bad even for the division that they play in. And then Arkansas State. And Arkansas State is a is a perennial bowl team. Um, and they – I mean, it's – yeah, they're in the fun belt. But 55 nothing's 55 nothing. Right. So – and they're just going out there and just lining up and beating the shit out of guys. So that's their game plan straight up. I, and I honestly think – I think Georgia has no problem going into this game thinking – we're gonna go. We're gonna line up. We're gonna smack Notre Dame right in the freaking mouth. Uh, if they, you know, if they can't handle it, we just smack them, smack them, and smack them. And if Notre Dame does something to, uh, you know, to slow them down, then they're gonna use their speed on the edge. It's it's not a difficult game plan with when you have athletes and men of that size on their line. It's gonna be a lot of grit. We're gonna need you know people like Asmar Bilal is gonna have to. Who had a good game against New Mexico, uh, but it was New Mexico, so he's going to have to show up and prove it. I, 
I am curious about the linebacker rotation and really what they do this game. Who's going to be in there the most? I, I have heard the arguments against Bo Bauer, and I find those false and misleading and a bunch of shit. Like, listen to me. How many times has Notre Dame played a team that they are better than, and yet somebody on that defense, and it's usually a linebacker, you know that son of a bitch's name before the end of the first half, and he's a problem, and you know he's going to be a problem for the rest of the game. Right. And it's it's just some random freaking, not super stud. I mean, it's just some random linebacker who's just out there just laying every bit of his body and soul out there on the field. Yeah, he typically played for Stanford in past years. Yeah, I think, right? you know, I mean, you could. There's some pit guys that have done that. Maybe probably had, somebody with a neck roll uh, I mean, 20 years ago, right? Guys like that. I mean, fucking Ram Vila, for God's sakes, he found yeah, wings. Ram Vila, wow, yeah. So I just I don't buy into this whole thing about that. You know, Bauer doesn't have enough speed. I don't give a shit. Our our secondary does. I'm more concerned about them pounding up the middle, and. Every time I see Bo Bauer on the field, he's lighting somebody up and he looks crazy as shit. <laughs> I don't know because of that beard. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's got he's a lumberjack a vibe about him. Yeah. I mean, if there was a game for Bo Bauer, this is the freaking game right here. Not not like Navy or option where you got a bunch of big, this is a game where Georgia wants to line up, run between the tackles. And just use their offensive line. Bo, this is a game for Bo Bauer, who probably does not give zero Fs about uh, his mental state or concussions. Or and I'm not saying you're throwing the kids out to die, but right. this kid's willing to do it. That, and that's my point. Like, I think I think the pussyfootedness of some of the linebacker play that we've seen the first two games has been pathetic. And I don't see that from Bo Bauer. Does he have the speed to hit on the edge? No, I don't care. Just take up your bubble inside and handle it. I want to see more. I well, want to see more of them. I'm making the case for them. And if do you remember when they made Jarrett Grace play against Ohio State and then the Fiesta Bowl after I got kept getting hurt and he clearly didn't have the speed. And I love Jarrett Grace, but like he was just getting absolutely killed. Like yeah, it's just the- it's no fun to watch it. Watch talented. Uh, wide receivers run crossing patterns against linebackers who can't keep up with them. Right, you but, know, but, but you know the game plan is different too. I mean, the way they used the way they used them in that game was pathetic. You might as well have brought in a safety because they weren't. He wasn't trying to. They weren't. He wasn't playing anything physical. He was barely playing inside the box. Yeah. So what's the point? You know, you might. I mean. You might as well just brought in another safety to, to, to take care of that. You know, go run with your nickel package. I mean, it, 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 made, it made no That made no sense. And I don't see uh, – and it's, well, it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's two different types of offenses. You right. stunned me a little bit there bringing that game up. I had to quickly rethink what was happening. But, you know, I just, I, that is not what – what Ohio State was doing is definitely not what Georgia is doing. I mean – you got quarterback under the center. Yeah, it's a, it's a different thing. I'm just saying. I think Bo Bauer is the man for this. Just from watching the little bits of him, that's a guy who's willing to go out there and just be fucking Latimer from the program. You know what I mean? Okay. Minus the oh, minus the steroids. It's a All beautiful right. beard. It's a beautiful beard. I hate for it to go to waste. <laughs>
I mean, he's burly, man. I can we can we uh, just jumping around a little bit and still talking oh, about the oh, defense? We can we talk about Julian Aquara just being? I mean, should we put him on a milk carton? He's got Ghost? one mean, total tackle in two games. Uh, mean, it was not a tackle for loss. That means. Uh, well, he has certainly been in the backfield. I don't even, I don't think he has a hurry credited to him. Or yeah, he, like had a, he had a hurry credited last week. Oh, was he? Okay. So one hurry. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's not ideal. And I, you know, and I've heard the, you know, I've heard the explanations and, and they're all reasonable. What I mean, are the explanations? I haven't heard them. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, just look at the offenses that New Mexico and Louisville both were running. Louisville was running that speed option. Neither one of those quarterbacks was holding on to that football. You know, no one was no one was doing a a four step drop, let alone a five step drop. You know, okay. Fromm is a five is a four or five step drop kind of a quarterback. Now it'll be interesting, not to sidestep, but be interested in the game to see if Georgia decides to go to a three. You know what I mean? Go to a more of a quicker thing. But just the way those offenses ran, it was difficult. It would be difficult for for him to get to the quarterback. Notre Dame ended up doing a few things against New Mexico that a few different blitz packages where they got a little bit of some pressure. Uh, but I mean, just their, their sack totals alone have been low, but so like I said, to that point, you're playing a couple of teams that were just going to try to not get sacked. You know what I mean? Okay. So not focused on sacks, but how about tackles for losses? I mean, Dalen Hayes has been, he's had three tackles for losses, three oh, tackles yeah. for loss. Like what, why, why Dalen Hayes and no. not Julian Aquara? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not making excuses for Aquara on that, on that. I mean, and, uh, not that I was <laughs> doing for the sacks, but there's a, I think there's a reasonable explanation for that. So as, as tackles yeah. for loss go, uh, yeah, I just, I, <sighs> he's been lost to me. Like, as far as like w- watching the game, not to say that he's taking plays off or anything like that, but it just seems like he g- is lost out there. Um, as yeah. far as like, I- I'm not sure what he's supposed to be doing. Um, I haven't heard not, any word about them. He's kind of away from the action. Like they're not chipping him with tight ends or right, running backs or anything like that. Right. They're not putting an extra focus on him. No, no, they, de- they definitely are chipping him. I mean, okay. it's not, it's not like he's gone unnoticed. I mean, everyone, Going into the season, I mean, everybody was – that was the name, right? Right. Uh, so he's definitely been noticed, and they, they, they are coming after him a little bit. But, I mean, he just still is kind of away from the action. Uh, and not to say that they're running away from him, but it just doesn't happen. Now, Dalen Hayes has been straight-up monster. Like, he had, a ta- he had a play against New Mexico that was – I don't know. It, it, it was probably not as incredible as what – I was feeling when it happened, but like he got in the backfield and so fucking fast that his, he hit the quarterback with a shoulder, spun him around on his ass and then made the tackle for a loss on the running back. Uh, you know, almost immediately after he got the ball, I mean, he busted in there and just blew everything up and that is inspiring. It, MTA I, had a couple that I really enjoyed too, where he yeah. just beat the beat his guy on the inside, and then just all of a sudden was in the backfield to meet the running back. It was great. And they should have. It was freaking New Mexico. They absolutely yeah. should have. You should actually beat those guys inside. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I, I think Kareem's did a lot of the same too. I mean, I, it's it's not unheard of for a team to have two good defensive ends and 
teams trying to make sure that they're not going to get killed by them. I mean, you got a couple of Louisville and, you know, New Mexico who are not great passing teams. They don't have, you know, the greatest quarterbacks. They're going to try to make sure that those guys aren't sitting there in a damn pocket. And I guess if I'm being charitable, any pressure that the defensive ends or the defensive line in general um, applied in those first two games are responsible for that plus six turnover margin that Notre Dame has through two games. So, which is, which is great. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they're dying packages. Seven takeaways to, to only giving up one. Their dying package right now is incredible. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a shame that Georgia isn't a wide open, you know, throwing, throwing the ball over the place team because yeah. that, make, that makes this game way closer. I think in terms of then having uh, four amazing it, running well, backs. Yeah. In terms of matchups, that would make it way better. Um, yeah. because I, I, I just think right now, Notre Dame's, uh, nickel and die packages have been really, really good. Uh, Jalen Elliott's, I mean, the, they're all kind of getting a taste, right? And Troy Pride, even who who is, has had a quiet start. Like if you watch him against him, I know people had problems watching the television. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but what being able to see him in coverage, he was. I'm just all over those. I mean, those guys. I'm are still annoyed by that first pass interference they called in the first series. It was for that Mexico. was. Listen, those referees were absolute dog shit. Pure dog shit. They were inconsistent. They had, I mean, across the board, they were awful. Kelly going nuclear on those guys was the least he could have, Kelly could have done. <laughs> I mean, the least. And I'm still unconvinced. I, I still I need to go back. I swore I saw Kelly yell. I was trying to get the lip reading going. I was going to ask him the, Kelly press conference after the game, like, you know, Hey, what was that conversation about? Because it was so animated, you know I mean? It was a law. It took a while. It seemed important to Brian Kelly, you know, going hashtag dad life on everybody with the visor toss and the sunglass toss. And so I want to know. And then Brian Pullian looked like a little ball boy because he was wearing a. First of all, he's wearing a t-shirt. He wasn't even wearing a college shirt, so he didn't look like he looked like he'd just shown up. And like all of a sudden, Dad was popping off, and he's just like, "I got to get in the middle of this," you know. So he was acting like he he was acting like the manager acts in baseball games when they don't want to get their star player tossed out of the game, and so they just stand in the middle of the guys, but they're not actually saying anything. They're just kind of pushing back with their bellies, you know, just just sticking the gut out. That was like Brian I, Pullian. It was crazy. I swore, I swore Kelly reading his lips said something about the ref bumping him or touching him or something. Because he went, whatever was going on, Kelly stepped it up a notch. And those notches generally are only stepped to, or only get uh, turned to when something's over the line. You know what I mean? Or where something where he where a person would feel that something was out of line and definitely like a physical contact or a a certain word can do that for a person. I mean, that, that goes for anybody, anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Um, For some, for some people it's like calling them boy or something like that. They get really upset. Any, any kind of anything, whether you're dismissive or you're too too nice, you know, there, there's a, I got, I just got the impression that something was done by an official, whether it was words or contact. Cause I swear I, I saw, Kelly say something about bump. He bumped me or, or, and something like that, that I don't know. Now, nobody asked him. I, I, I was confident like ducking out early 
<laughs> from, from Kelly's press conference uh, that someone was going to ask him and it would be a blur. I, I was going to do something with it and nobody did. Uh, and then I asked around uh, a few of the other media members and everyone just kind of like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, am I the only one that saw what I saw? <laughs> it was everyone. I mean, we were just dying to get that third quarter over with. And that was like the yeah. longest stretch of a couple of minutes. Yeah, so because anyway. there, was, there was false starts and Kelly thought he'd call the timeout and they were giving it to, you know, there was just, there was a lot of herky jerkiness. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. A lot going on. Yeah, New Mexico got called for a flag for holding so that they got, it was a third down and they should have kicked a field goal, but then it was a first down again. And it just, then Fletcher Kovic's third, third and 24, he runs for 23 yards. Well, well, either having a deep thigh bruise or sustaining a deep thigh bruise. I'm not I wasn't 100% clear about whether he had the injury coming into the game or he, he suffered it during the From game. From what I understood, it, he had one coming in. Okay. Uh, so it was just going to use a little bit, uh, right. which worked out great for Brendan Clark. Uh, and do you see the joy on that, on that man, on that little man's face? Yeah. Brayden Lindsay scored the touchdown, you mean? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but it was a pass from Clark. Right. So that literally should have gone for negative two yards and then, and Lindsay managed to Zoop. break out of a scrum and it was a very weird thing. So like I said, message boards will be of like when Notre Dame struggles Saturday and done in Athens, just Google or uh, Twitter search the name Lindsay. Cause you're just going to see <laughs> that's just going to go nuts. Like when they stall out, like with like early in the game, when it, Kind of the, you know maybe they're feeling them out or whatnot and they're getting some there's some run stuffs and things aren't going quite that great. People are gonna be flipping out like Lindsay, 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 Lindsay. All they needed was a little taste and he gave it to them and so now all bets are off. Well, it reminds me of when uh, Will Fuller got in the game against Michigan State in 2013 and he made this tough like 18 yard catch over. Uh, the guy from the Bengals who went on to play for the Bengals oh, yeah. um, and everyone was the one like, in the corner, this kid, you know, like, um, you know, he's wearing that, 15. I don't even know who he is. And then another the one in the corner where he kind of mini mossed him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the next day, the, the next thing I remember was 2015 Brandon Wimbush overthrowing him. And everyone was like, get Brandon in the game. He can throw far, <laughs> you know, like, well, we still need accuracy, you know? So I look, I give uh, Braden Lindsay all the credit in the world. That was a great catch that he made uh, deep down the field on Dracovic's, I think first play of the game, um, first play of that game. And, um, you know, at the same time, it's New Mexico. So don't just don't think that translates uh, to just like I didn't think it was going to translate for the bowl game last year. doesn't mean that, you know, people are saying, oh, get them in, make them just run a fly route against Clemson. Like, well, Clemson has DBs, too. You know, like they're good. No, but I mean, I as much as I make fun of the people that are that, that clamor for that at the same time, I still want it done. You know, what I mean, I, st- I still want the attempt. Like it has to be attempted before it ever happens, right? Like no, no one ever, you know, no one ever got to the bathroom by still sitting on the couch. You may have gone to the bathroom uh, on your couch, <laughs> but you never <laughs> did it do it properly. You 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 got to make that attempt. I mean, shit. Notre Dame did that with, and this is a totally different era, really, and totally different staff and players. But you know, Golden Tate is freshman year. It was just run, and we'll throw it to you. Right. Look, it wasn't a good team and, you know, it didn't work all, but 
you, you gotta you gotta you have to fucking try it every once in a while. You just you just can't sit on it and think that you're gonna waste a play. It's still not a wasted play. For one reason, Lindsey's fast enough to get past those DBs. So even if you know the pass is inaccurate, or even if the ball is underthrown and intercepted, I, whatever. Georgia saw that now in the game. They have sure. to they have to account for for that guy streaking down because you know no coach is going to be like a like a fan thinking they'll never make that anyways. They're thinking that's a possibility that's a fucking touchdown. Right. So so maybe are you saying maybe use him as a decoy and and maybe open no, up the I mean, middle a little bit more? No, you don't use it. No. You, you still throw it to him. Yeah, oh yeah, damn right. You throw it to him. Even because if it's that's, a, that's, even that's if it's the only way, that's the only way that you're going to make them honest about it. You know, it, it's like like how many times could a pitcher fake? I mean, the success you know, rate on that's got to be less than ten percent, though. Don't care. You you have to show them that you're willing to do it too. Okay. It's there. There. I, I understand the line of I mean, thought. It's, it's got to be. It's got to make sense in the situation, I suppose. Right. Yeah. First down. Because like first series against Miami, the game they got blown out. They threw it. Wimbush threw a deep one to EQ St. Brown that I think hit him in the hands. There was a drop. I think it was a drop. Right, but, but, but they, they didn't connect, and it was like one of those like, oh man, if they could have, you know what I mean? I think actually the Georgia game had one that in 2017 had the same exact right, thing. You know why? Because that's what Chip Long does. Right. That's what's lacking from this team is the w- willingness to to, uh, to to do what Chip Long did in that year. Like they fucking went deep. First or second play of the game, almost every game in 2017. And they did a little bit. Of eight, I mean, just it's what Long wants to do. He wants to show the other team, the other defense, hey, look, we came to play. This is it. You know, yeah, it was kind of frustrating. This, this offseason about more explosive plays. So, exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I will not be shocked. And, in fact, I'll be pissed if the first play from Notre Dame, from scrimmage from Notre Dame, isn't some type of fuck, some type of bomb attempt. I mean, honestly, okay. I just, I'm just, just do it. See what the hell happens. I mean, yes, you you have, if it fails, it's second and 10. It's the same result as getting stuffed on a first down run because Georgia's all jacked up, ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But you do that first down run, their DBs, nobody has to account you know, for, for anything else. So, so do you do, you do it with Claypole at the very least? You don't do it with Lindsay on the first play, right? Why not do it with key? I don't care who you do it with. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you I do. Mean, it with. Claypool's hopefully got the height advantage and the my, ability. Yeah. You know? My point is it doesn't matter who you do it with. Most likely it's going to be a seam down the middle. Of, uh, so somewhere along. So it could you be want a, them to do it with Tommy tremble so he can score. That's what you want. Well, I want that Tommy tremble tattoo on my gut. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I can't remember what that was exactly, but it, it could happen, but no, I mean, it, it's just, it's something I feel that they need to do. It, it's, they haven't shown, they haven't done it yet. First two games, which is surprising, uh, like to, to try to hit that like that right off the bat. Right. And that goes against the character of ship long that I know since he's been at Notre Dame. Well, so that, I, that, that, that in itself tells me a little bit that Notre Dame has been holding back something in these first two games. Maybe that's a little bit of it. I don't know. We're going to take a quick break. Um, you, you can continue that thought um, once we get back here. So hold on. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, here we go. So you you were going to say something about that? I'm just, I'm very intrigued too. I, I was thinking that, the the crowd is going to be such a factor. We haven't talked about the weather at all. I yeah, think the take them out. A huge, a huge imagine, factor. You know what I mean? Imagine so like, the, imagine uh, the gas of air going out of that stadium. Seven nothing in that stadium, or and I remember what an emotional gut punch it was to be Clemson to be up fourteen nothing in the game that they ended up winning twenty six twenty four. It's really never felt like Notre Dame was in that game, even when they, even when they, when uh, Kaiser hit Hunter in the back of the end zone to make it twenty six twenty four. Right. I mean, different, totally different kind of time frame a little bit, but, you know, think about Oklahoma 2012, the last time, the the last great Notre Dame football victory, you know, especially on the road, you know, Chris Brown, they tried it early, didn't work. Only catch. Tried it again, right off the the second half. It worked. It was great. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about running the offense as your offense, right? But there are just certain things that Notre Dame is going to have to do to win this football game. And one of them is good, definitely has to be some big plays and stretching the field and being able to make some room for you to churn out three or four yards here and there on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I look, I'm 100% with you and this idea, but I would settle for something that – uh, our friend of the pod, Greg, has been talking about on Twitter all week, the awareness of Ian Book to see open receivers that are not the person he's his first look. Um, he ident- He's identified a couple of plays. Tommy Tremble is the one that we talked about, where Tommy was running literally up the middle of the field untouched. And Book ended up running for eight yards, but it was third and 17. I mean, you, right, need, I somebody, you need somebody to run 17 yards. And Tommy look, Tremble I am not arguing there. against that. I agree with that 100%. 100%. I'm, and I'm very, that. very worried that the over reliance on Chase Claypool is going to come back to bite Ian Book because if he's not there or he's bottled up or George has got a plan for him that stifles him, then I don't think Book really trusts anybody besides Claypool. Claypool is like the safety blanket. You know what I mean? It's like it's the thing he feels most comfortable with. He's right. the guy it's he's what, always it's looking. It's for. what he dealt with when he had. Bo- it's the same thing when he had Boykin. It's it's not unheard of for a quarterback to have a trusted wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but the first two games has been really lopsided. I mean, Claypool has 15 no. targets so far, and the next highest person has six. Right. No, I get it. But I mean, Claypool is also a guy who can get open too. Or you know, uh, it's 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 uh, it's easy to throw a lot of targets to a guy who gets open. So, but yeah, I like mean, Michael Floyd. Right. Besides all that, my, my my whole point has nothing to do with any of that. I'm not saying. I agree with all that 100%. Like what Greg was talking about with being able to go through your, I mean, it's your progressions, being able to, to look past your first, second guy, all that stuff. None of that means dick to what I'm talking about with the going deep. You don't have to do it more than a couple times in the game. I'm talking just to line it up and you are launching this mother. But you have, but I just feel Notre Dame has to do it. And they've done it in different ways with Chip, with Chip Long. Uh, 
you know, with Flea Flicker, which I think would be t- ridiculously stupid to do against Georgia, um, which I think is actually what they did against Georgia in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I believe, you're right. I think it was, a flea, it was a flea Flicker. So, so here's my concern. Georgia gets the ball first. They score. Notre Dame goes. They try the deep shot, like you said. They go three and out, right? And so okay. now Georgia's got the ball back up seven. Um, with a chance to go up 10 or 14 or whatever. That's the situation I just don't think I want to be in. Right, but you can't – I mean, you can't control that. Notre Dame can't control that. That's just – you get, You got to play the game to, to play the game. I mean <laughs> – Yeah, thinking, but you also don't want to you, you get cannot, sideways you on you. You cannot I mean, I think, think three possessions ahead. I think the Clemson and Alabama games were unrecoverable because they – because Alabama was, was unrecoverable because Alabama was a fucking force. There was nothing <laughs> – Coming from that. Yeah, but it certainly didn't help that they like they no, were fourteen no, nothing before was, you blinked. Can't talk about the Alabama game like there was any way Notre Dame was going to win that game. Well, they West, got their asses stomped. I'm just and that's I'm, fine. They I'm got keeping stopped. alive the spirit of West, who always talked about death bucket games. Right, I don't but, want Georgia to become a death right, bucket but death, game. But, but the point of a death bucket game is is that it's inevitable. Like it's gonna what's going to happen in a death bucket game is you are going to die. There is nothing that a chipmunk can do. In that bucket, they're going to die. So none of, none of the lessons, quote unquote, learned from the Alabama game apply to anything else. You can use games like Clemson in 2015 is something we can learn from. You know, big games where it wasn't a death bucket game. You can't learn much from Miami other than to not pee yourself in front of a in front of a crowd. <clears throat> My thing, you cannot think three possessions ahead of yourself. It's a possession in front of you. And really, if you had an incomplete pass, if, you, if you're throwing deep and the worst thing that happens to you is that it's incomplete and it's second and 10, that is a much better scenario than handing the ball off to Sebo Flemister getting stuffed on first down. Absolutely true, but at the same time, like if you throw an interception, then you're, it's way worse. And look, if we're worried about if we're worried about that, then we might as well just not play the season. I mean, worried about throwing an interception. He's a fucking 68 fucking thrower. Do not your job or, or get the hell out. Not put this in, year. Put in Brendan Clark. Then, if you're worried about an interception on the first pass of the game, because you're saying, you know what, we're going to line this thing up. We're going You're six, playing six, in Sanford Stadium in 85-degree weather no at 8 o'clock at night against the number three-ranked team. Of course I'm worried about interceptions. There's no the magical dust above any stadium that says that your ball is going to get intercepted. Just you line up, you run, you throw, and you go for the ball. And if it gets intercepted, it gets fucking intercepted. But the point is, is they have to a fucking account the rest of the game that you will have the balls to do that. You cannot play mild and meek. And if you think that book's going to have enough time with the way this line's playing to go through any progression, you're fooling yourself because look, it's going to be first receiver target right now. I'm telling you, everyone's going to get frustrated in this game watching, but that's exactly what's going to happen because they are not going to have the fucking time to look through to the, you know, the second. And they got to, they got to roll the pocket or something different. I mean, and then you got, and what has book done this year, but nothing but run into fucking sacks. He rolls out of the pocket. There's a guy in his fucking grill. So, I mean, he the, rolled out against New Mexico and completed a 20-yard pass to Chase Claypool where he got one foot down right, for the you, brand. It's, you just think that it's going to happen. Like, like, oh, he'll get this 15-yard pass because he's wide open. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, it, it, just doesn't, it doesn't naturally happen. 
My whole point isn't a whole offense revolved around throwing the ball deep. I'm talking about two to three plays out of the entire game with one of them being early to set a little bit of a tone. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Oh, well. I mean, it's that's great. You're setting a tone, but if you're down 14, nothing, they're going to play their defense a lot different against you. If you're it down, doesn't matter. If you're down 14, nothing. And with three minutes, three or four minutes into the fucking quarter, the first quarter, you got a lot more problems than just that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you certainly didn't help yourself though. Cause you gave away a, you know, if you gave you away a possession, you cannot go down. Did what did Notre Dame do to beat Florida state? When they went down there, when they were asked, you fucking went deep. Go rub root. Where you're, did a rub root. Joe Smith had a timely interception. I remember that. No, no, no. I'm talking about fucking Arnaz battle. I'm oh, about oh wow. Wow. I mean, talk about eras that don't mean anything to current situations. Holy right. cow. Yeah. Right. But you know what does mean something? The way you go about big games. You have got to, when you are the underdog, and Notre Dame is a double digit underdog on the road, you mm-hmm. cannot. A pussyfoot. You can't walk down in there and think that you're going to be able to to play some kind of fucking conservative game plan. It's just not the way these games are won. No big upset has ever happened by going down there and play, by going to the other team's stadium and playing conservative. None. Not one fucking. Yeah, but game. a lot, plenty of games are no, lost no, being too aggressive. Right, so no, it's no, 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 it's finding no. a modicum, right? We are of- talking about a double digit road dog. No double-digit road dog. All right. Plays so, plays football let game. me ask you a question. Would you rather the Notre Dame lose 41-8 and take chances, like you're talking about, or lose 20-19 and play a more conservative game? I'd rather have them fucking win 29-28. to I'm not talking about losing I, here. I'm talking I, about winning the fucking I game. I understand, but yeah. I'm just I'm asking you for two alternatives. I am not concerned if they lose 52 to nothing or if they lose 30-29. to That does okay. not make one iota of a difference to me. I am not getting in on a loss. I am talking about how are you going to win a football game? If you are a double-digit underdog on the road, you cannot show up and play conservative because this team, even more so, cannot fucking run the football to save their ass. So how do you play conservative? You're going to throw all these little, these small intermediate passes? Guess what? They're muddling up the field. You're not going to get it. You, You have got to have something to well, I mean, I'm not, but I, it's not, it's not all or nothing. I mean, you can do, you can do, we talked about this maybe offline, but the, the jet sweeps and the motions and stuff like that, they obviously got to count for book. They haven't had a, they haven't faced a mobile quarterback yet. So that, that's really kind of an untested part of their defense to see, you know, and I think books faster this year. I honestly do. I think he's got a little bit more of a giddy up than he did last year. I agree. Um, but my, but that is not what I'm talking about here. No, but I mean, you could also set up the, you know, you were arguing pass. against, the, you were arguing against the point that going deep a couple of times is bad for Notre Dame and that they can play I'm, a normal football game against Georgia. They are fucking mutants down there. This is a good football team. I just don't want it to be another Miami game. That's I don't all. Care. That's all. I, 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 and that's my point. I mean, you got to go balls out one way or the other. If you cannot show up and play Georgia in SEC country and play like you're playing fucking Navy in San Diego, you've got to, got to go down there and you've got to go to war. You've got I'm to just, line I, it up. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just so tired of the national narrative about Notre Dame and, not showing up for big games. And I just, I like, even if they lose by well, one I, point, I'd much I, rather I, that than, than losing by 30 points. I just dude, can't, I, I can't deal with the cacophony for the rest of the season. I want you to imagine me it's sitting next to you on your couch. You, <laughs> you got your head under my shoulder. I, I'm, I'm handing you a, a glass of bourbon. You know, I'm, I'm running my fingers through your hair, rubbing your back, <laughs> and, you know, putting you to bed. Masudia. Now wake the fuck up. Who cares about a narrative? I'm it does not matter anymore. None of this is a huge game. It has it, a cycle. It, 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 it didn't matter that Dirty lost by one point to Jordan. You've got to go fucking you gotta go try to win this game. It if you lose big, you lose on a fan. If you lose big, you lose. But I just yeah. there's no way you're gonna win. You gotta at least try to win. If you can yep. go down there, there's ways to and Notre Dame has had this happen to him. Many a times by by inferior opponents, where they show up and they muck it up enough to make it look like it was a close game, where Notre Dame's had control of the game the whole time. Really, Notre Dame can go down there and do that. I believe that they can for sure. They can go down there and they can make this a you know a, a 27-24 loss. I think they can, but loss, not win, loss. They can definitely do that. I believe that. But that's not a win. You're not trying for the win. They got to go down there and try to win the football game. Because guess what? The national narrative, whether they win, whether they lose big or lose little, is not going to change because there's a big fucking L next to their name. It has to be a W for any of that to change. And however you can get that W, that's how you got to go attack it. You cannot go into that tiptoeing. Okay. I mean, at the end of the season, 11 and one with a one point loss to Georgia SEC champion, Georgia is not different than a 24 point loss to SEC champion, Georgia in your estimation is what you're saying. I have no idea. And, 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 and at that point right now in, in week three, I don't care. I want them to go try to win a fucking football okay. game. But you will care I, deeply I don't, I don't in, the, in week I don't want 12. The back and I, 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 I they can't, they can't do it. I mean, they just cannot do it. Their line has not been physical enough. They have not shown any kind of any kind of push in the first two games of the season. They don't have the running backs. They and if you cannot do that, if you cannot run the football at all, then yeah, you can't run these intermediate bullshit routes the whole time. They're just it's not going to work. They're going to bring they're going to creep their safeties up, and they're going to muck up the field. We we've seen it happen. At, quite a few times already in the Kelly area. Look at Tommy Reese's entire career. <laughs> All right. That that's what happens. It, it's not, you know, it's not this or that. It's not post hoc ergo propter hoc. It's just, this is what, this is what you got to do. Wow. I did not see you going with the line tonight. That's great. Well, I mean, we've really stepped our game up from bootleg t-shirts last week to uh Latin this week. So well, I'm just, shit. It's, I mean, it's the sec. It just matters more. This podcast. It just matters more. <laughs> I'm fired I mean, up. Is, man. I'm ready to go right a, now. I mean, this is. I mean, this I is a, got a part of the loss, and I'm fired this up. This is a this is a great win. If they win, this is a great win. This is a program. It is a Brian Kelly era defining win. This is the best win of the Brian Kelly era. This is a, a win where I think there's a lot of um, it shuts up a lot of people that need to be there's desperately needed to be shut up. Notre Dame goes and wins this football game. 
no one can say a mother effing thing. Well, and, that, and that's the I thing is like after all the I mean, at that at that point, you've got to you've got to seriously consider Notre Dame as the third best team, don't you? You know, I I thought a lot I thought a lot about that today. Like, all right, what if Notre Dame gets this win? What you know? Where does Georgia drop? And there's a there's a four spot difference, and I think you're looking at a lot of chalk this year as or this week as it is. Right. None of that should matter, right? But but it but do you it does. put them ahead of LSU? Do you put them ahead of Ohio State? I mean, Absolutely. Okay. Maybe a better win. I mean, LSU's win over Texas was pretty impressive, but okay. But it's it was six versus nine, right? So this is a this is a, a seven beating a three. Right. Name a better win. Yeah, no, I, I, get, I, 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 I totally mean, get it. But then the, if you want to play the name a better win, then why aren't they number one? Well, because <laughs> I don't think Louisville is the best win in the country right now. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I'm saying, yes, there is no other team. If Notre Dame beats Georgia, there's like, no other I have, team. I have that. zero confidence that Notre Dame would be Ohio State. Absolutely zero. Like if you've watched Ohio State play this year, like they've got a guy on defense that like is just a homewrecker. You know, yeah, Chase Young's amazing. I, yeah, I get Chase Young. Yeah, and their I mean, offense I, is pretty awesome. I, I live the four one nine. Trust me when I say that I have that. You know, I, I follow Ohio State because this is my best friends. That this is what goes goes on around me. But at at I know what you're saying, and at the same time, when you're just talking about rankings as we're going through the season, it. Is a matter. It just depends on how you how you look at your rankings. Like, are you ranking them as far as who is actually the best team, and then really wins and losses don't matter as much, or as you ranking it as best teams records win? You know, I mean, with a mod right. spot. So, and different people do it different ways. Even the right. AP voters and the SIDs who do the coaches, they get their own thing. But there's an yeah. AP voter that has Notre Dame tenth and Michigan eleventh. And I'm yeah. like, you just want to watch the world burn. I, I, you know, I'm sort of here for that, you know? So, no, so I mean, it's just a matter of what you, how you view rankings and how you yeah. feel teams should be ranked in week four. And, you know, some people don't believe there should even should be rankings until week eight. And I sure. get that too. I got love for y'all, but no, if Notre Dame, let's just say Notre Dame beats Georgia, they move to fourth. Okay. You know, you're probably looking at, uh, Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Interesting. I mean, it just you that's sure. Who's going to argue it? You could argue against saying Ohio State would beat Notre Dame, and you can make an excellent argument in that case. But you can also you can just straight up argue against it in the same way, and not to get too lawyery. But I mean, they're like, all right, well, who does who is Ohio State beat? Right. Who is their name? Be oh, they beat Georgia on the road, number three right. team in the a right. team that many people had slotted into, you know, the playoffs. And some people believe that they can win the SEC straight out. This the, this is their year. So well, it's so it's so funny because that you know ESPN spends so much time defending the SEC and 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 touting the virtues of the SEC. I think the last thing they won't want to do is say, well, maybe Georgia isn't that great this year, and sort of try to devalue the Notre Dame win. You know what I mean? That's that's what kind of happened with uh, with like well, Michigan was like kind of a different animal last year, which yeah, was that, like that, it was that, like more like it was almost like the narrative became a, Michigan didn't really lose, like Notre Dame won, but Michigan didn't really lose. They use they use that argument I have never heard in all my life. 
and I've been watching college football hardcore since I was probably probably 12, like like legit hardcore since I was 12. And I've never heard the argument of first game of the season, it doesn't really matter. Right. Not to the extent, anyways, of where they were putting it at. When it was like a head-to-head matchup. Like, <laughs> like you can – like the, plenty of arguments have been made. They are a much better team – in week 10 than they were in week one. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and they're much better than that, than them losing that game in week one. But never, ever have I heard someone say, when they're comparing the two teams, this team who lit them the fuck up is not as good nine weeks later. as No. It was an asinine argument then, continues to be asinine. It is... I just I could not understand the hill that they were trying to die on on that one, and it was pushed every single week. It, it made no sense, and nothing was funnier than watching them go out and just get destroyed by Ohio State, who got destroyed by Purdue. I mean, so like, there you go, Big Ten. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was it was a dumb thing to witness, and. Was it because of this whole Notre Dame not in a conference, conference championship thing? Yeah. Not that I buy into any of that bullshit, but right. I do buy into the fact that people buy into it. You know what I mean? People actually believe that, uh, which makes no sense. You know, even this week, I mean, there's a little more trash talk out there, right, Jude? Yeah, Between for sure. Notre Dame fans. It's, it's I actually kind of like it when the Georgia fans come oh, over it's, and it's check the, us out. I love I that. love it. I love it. I don't, I don't get I don't get fired. I'm like, fine bomb statements. If you don't expect fine bomb to like totally double down on the SEC when Notre Dame's playing them and say some, say some out of the wall shit, then you haven't been paying attention to what he's been saying. And I'm cool with it, man. I got no problem with it. Let him, he could, he's a carnival barker. That's what he does. Hell shit. That's what I do half the time. So, I mean, you know, hashtag respect. Game respect I, game. Yeah. You know, real recognizes real. Yeah. So, I get it. It's, it's okay. But I mean, <laughs> people actually believe that you'll see Georgia fans talk like Notre Dame has got just such an easy route. And it, it doesn't matter what conference. And then you, but you can't sit there. It makes those, it's hard to do online and Twitter, especially like going game by game on the schedule. Like, right. well, here's ACC, ACC, ACC. Here's a Big Ten. Here's SEC. I mean, here's right. Pac-12. I mean, you put it all together. and Everyone it's, focuses it's on Bowling Green and New Mexico. Anyone in the country. Yeah. You know, and this and Notre Dame's got some – and no one wants to hear it, right, as far as, like, the whole bye, bye week thing. That's a big disadvantage in Notre Dame if you're, like, really paying attention. But most fans, most your casual fans are going to jump online. I mean, no one wants to hear that. And I don't blame them. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's not, you know, it's just kind of a side thing, but it's a side thing that matters in the scope of it. But it's not something that I would use as an argument to say that Notre Dame doesn't need a conference championship game. You know, it's harder for Notre Dame to, I don't know. It's, it's an, they're just a bunch of shitty arguments all over the map. Just like going down to Georgia and playing conservative. Did Fair I lose enough. you? No, I, I, and maybe that's a maybe that's a good place to end it. I don't know. So. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Do you, I mean, 
I, I want to come back real quick. I know, I know we're, fuck, we, this is us. So <laughs> we knew this is happening. Every time he <laughs> says to me, I just want it under an hour. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we're, at, we're an hour or two right now. We're good. We're good. Well, maybe a little extra with the hats, but because, because of the magnitude of this game, and we, we talked about, you know, can Notre Dame rise up to number four? And we talked about program defining. You know, this is this, this is the this is a game, a legacy builder. I mean, for all the for all the stuff that you um, you throw out as far as uh, cliches for big games for for some of these coaches, this definitely is like a legacy builder for for Kelly. Um, but only in the context of what happens afterwards, right? Like, sure, if he wins this, this is the biggest one we've really. It's the biggest one since probably. Uh, Florida State, 93. I mean, I think Matt Fertina made that case the other day, and yeah. I kind of agree with it. Like, yeah, this is the this would be the biggest win since, um, since Florida State, 93. I, I totally agree with that. So, but, you know, what happens if you slip? <laughs> I mean, th- this game doesn't matter if you're going to go ahead and lose to Michigan sure. or lose to... Boston College, which would be fucking terrible because Kansas just should have them. But so I mean, in the, I was thinking in more of context, Virginia, but yeah, I get you. In the context of single game entities, uh, this absolutely is huge. And but there's still win or lose, there is still an entire season left. <clears throat> and even if Notre Dame does not, oh, I can barely say it. Even if Notre Dame is not victorious after this game, there is still a lot on the line this season. Um, I, and a lot of fans, they probably just shut me off right there, but there's still a lot on the table if they lose this game. Now, if it's a death bucket game, maybe there's less. I, you know, I don't disagree with you totally, Jude, on, on all that. I, I totally understand that. But still, I, whatever it is, there is still a ton to play for because your schedule is looking a lot weaker than it used to. Uh, yeah. I mean, even now Notre Dame's favored to beat Michigan. And I think it's like PFF college, uh, win probability percentages and stuff. So there's not a game after Georgia that I don't think that they're not favored to win. So, right. right. No, they're as far. Yeah. As far as I know, they are favored. So to win 11 and one is obtainable. If you were to lose, I mean, 12 and oh, obviously is the, is the goal every year in the, in the playoffs, but um, and you know, and ESPN there, I, I got a little something for you. You want, you want a good number? Sure. Okay. ESPN's power football or their football power index. All right. Notre Dame seventh. Let's well, as, as far as like their, their predictor. All right. And I, wow. I'm, I'm rounding because I, I am a, uh, I'm a mouth breather. All right. Sure. 70, 33 or, or, or excuse me, six, <laughs> 7033. <laughs> it's basically 67 33. Okay. 33? That's not a bad number. That's real. That's rolling rock. It's, y'all. A, it's a puncher's chance, right? That's that's pre buyout rolling rock. Hand painted bottles. I love it. Green bottles. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I I take 33 <laughs> over 17. <laughs> it's not I'm just 33 is not a bad is that is not a, a terrible number to overcome. No. I'm just saying. Green glass painted bottles. 
I'm with you. You're so stunned. You don't know what the. <laughs> I mean, I know that the you don't know what to do with me right now. On it, so I get it. I get it. So. And before we, so the, I want to ask you about this because because yeah. uh, you're you're still putting together the the line post, right? Yes. <laughs> the over under set at fifty six and a half right now. How do you feel about that? Well, Notre Dame's gone what sixteen consecutive so, uh, games without giving up more than thirty points. Just correct? and just to set the just to set the the thing there, Notre Dame's you know basically a two touchdown underdog, fourteen right. around fourteen. So take that into consideration, listener, when we're talking about this over under number of fifty six and a half. I mean, could you see could you see a thirty one seventeen game? Because I can. Yeah, I think that's a I, and I think that's like where a lot of people are at, right? Could you see a 27-24 game? I could. I think people that are predicting a Notre Dame win are picking are picking the 27-24. Yeah. I think a lot of people picking Clemson as a win are more on that 31-17 range. Yeah. George, you mean, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm still <laughs> still scarred. <laughs> De- Debo's got Debo cut me deep. Like I will be very shocked if this was if this is 41-8. Or forty-one-three, or thirty-four, nothing. You know, and I'd be even more shocked, honestly, if it was forty-two, uh, thirty-eight. Oh yeah, that you know? would be very surprising. <laughs> I, I think that would be the most shocking score. That would be the that would I I I I could see Notre Dame giving up forty-two. I could not see Georgia's defense giving up thirty-eight. So I just I mean, dude, wherever I could be wrong, game, bro. You know what? I'm going to put this out here. If somebody wants to, somebody has full confidence in Notre Dame, or at least has confidence in Notre Dame's covering 13 and a half points. I want to, I want to do some charity bets. Let's get some charity bets together. Uh, tweet at me, NDJRS, and I, make me put my money where my mouth is. And if Notre Dame, you know, wins or covers the spread, we can do it whatever way you want to do it. If you want to do outright win, then we can do that too. And we can change the amount that I that I pay out or whatever. But like, punish me for my lack of faith in Notre Dame by making me donate to your charity of choice. I would be more than happy to do that because right now I'm just I am I am the negative Nancy. I feel like the the NDN of this conversation. And, no, no, uh, that's I mean, not Jude. You're not, don't, don't don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I mean, you're just you're, you're just you're being as real as you can be about it. You watch my, enough football every year. We we've we've seen this scenario many times, correct? But it just doesn't happen to have a golden helmet or a G on the side of the helmet at the same time. You know, it's we've right. seen this in many different games. This is not sure. an anomaly. This is Notre Dame Clemson. This is Notre Dame Florida State. This right. is Notre Dame. Just take yeah. Notre Dame out of the out of the whole picture. Oh, just okay. Two teams with this shit going on. Right. We've seen this before. You know what I mean? It, a, this isn't mutually exclusive to Notre Dame. No, Clemson Ohio State comes to mind. Right. You so. Know. Who would have ever predicted that happening? So th- these things have a way of of going like exactly as the majority thinks they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, and then the, a lot of times, too, they will be, you know, an eyebrow raiser. Like, wow, what just happened there? And, you know, and like I said, it may not be the result that we want, uh, but it may surprise you in a good way. And, that, and that's not terrible. Um, and I, I honestly, God, uh, unfortunately... I mean, because the closer we get to game day, the more ride or die I'm getting. Like, I'm, I love I'm, it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on there. 
I love but, that we're like a yin and yang on this because I feel like we represent both aspects of the Notre Dame fan base right now. They're very like there's some people that are just like, if you're not 100 percent committed to Notre Dame winning, like get the fuck out of my face. And the other it? the other half are like, you know, like we're going to get murdered, you know, per usual. I don't fit in any box. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I, I I'm not I'm not on that mindset. I am just on the mindset of of what what we were talking about earlier where I just feel that Notre Dame has to go down there regardless of outcome and just give, not give everything you got, but like, Oh, they left it all on the field. <laughs> but I mean, you got to go down there to fricking win. And if you don't understand what I, I know that you understand you. I'm not talking. I get this it. Is the, I get well, it. I you, totally, if you don't it. understand what I'm saying about going down there and giving, you know, trying to win a football game, then I can't help you. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have the, the, the verbal acumen to, to express it differently. But I, so, but I understand the, I understand the fans that think that Notre Dame is going to get crushed. I understand the fans that think that we'll lose close. I understand the fans that think uh, that we'll get out of here with a win. I don't understand any fan that thinks that we're going to kill them. Um, But, you know, so so I, I get it. I just, I'm just this week. I don't got to be in the press box. I don't got to do any traveling. I got nothing but ass time that day. It's a night game. (laughs) My wife, uh, my wife's going to be gone. She's going to a birthday party for friends of ours uh, that I declined because I am quote unquote working. Uh, so, you know, where, where are your children going to be? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wherever. I don't, I don't know. I'll put, I'll just, I'll give Dylan a flag and have him run up and down the neighborhood. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love that kid. I'm so in love with that kid. I mean, he almost knocked out your two front teeth today, right? Dude, I took s- Oh my God. And it, it was actually post hug. Um, yeah, every day I pick him up for preschool and he does what he does. Anytime I leave the house, like he lines up and hits me as hard. I mean, it's a linebacker coming at you. Uh, so he did that. And then I set up, I pick him up, give him a big hug and put him down on the ground. And he, he came up real hard with his head and just smoked me. Uh, and I literally thought my front teeth were gone. Yeah. That's how hard he hit me. And he, and like he hit, he dropped to one knee and was like, Oh, <laughs> from his head. And it barely phased him after that. Uh. And me, I'm thinking, Oh my God, did I just lose my fronts? And so and it, I can still feel it like right now, like they aren't uh, loose, but it, they definitely feel like they've been screwed with. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah, you feel it up right, in your sinuses. Right. I know I, I've, I've definitely felt that where you're, your kid all of a sudden has a concrete head and he just hits you square in the wrong way. And he's just like, Oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. I think I he jarred my skull a little bit when he hit my teeth, you know, it's just, I, 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 understand. I understand. Yeah. It's, it's brutal, but yeah. Um, yeah. I love that little flag video. Let's go. <laughs> and I love Look, if people are listening to this podcast and they don't know already on Fridays, you like Fridays. people to send uh, flag videos of, them yeah. waving Irish flags. And I I did not do that for New Mexico. There was a lot of things I didn't do in New Mexico. Yeah, you definitely – I didn't do haiku. I got game. called out about that. Uh, I didn't do power rankings. I called myself out on that. Uh, I didn't do any type of video work at the game itself. Uh, I skipped out on Brian Kelly's press conference after the game. Uh, I, I watched it up in the box. What kind of site right. manager are you? I mean – I treated New Mexico like Charlie Weiss would treat New Mexico. 
I just was like, I, I was ready to get the fuck out. Uh, I saw what I wanted to see uh, by halftime, and we're ready. So, but no, we, so now it's back to normal stuff, right? It's, it, we're normal life. Last week was just a, it was a nice to, and it, to the the start of the season was just so strange. It was hard to get in any rhythm. It was hard to get in any kind of like schedule or even like a in my brain, which I actually think that I, you know. I tell my wife every day I got a memory of an elephant and really I got a memory of a 90 year old guy with Alzheimer's. So uh, <laughs> anymore. So if things aren't moving along uh, on a normal thing, there's things that I've heard. So whatever, I'm glad to get down to business this week and it's Georgia. It's not Purdue. All right. <laughs> this is, this is a, this is a great week. Soak it up, man. Okay. How, like I said, however you feel about game day, doesn't matter. Them being there automatically makes this a huge game, uh, bigger than what it even was anyways. Sanford um, Stadium adding 500 seats. I mean, just I got you got to love that kind of stuff. Notre Dame know? not taking the band. You got to hate that kind of stuff. No, yeah, you got to hate that. So. Understand, uh, don't <laughs> do not at me band members. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not dis- No, I think, I think the trick there is if if you want to see the band at away games, you got to pay for them. Earmark your donations to Notre Dame. If you're an alum, you need to earmark your donations to the band and that will allow them to travel more. That's my understanding. So, right. But there's a, there's a caveat to that though, Jude. Like if you, if you earmark it for, for that, that just goes into their travel fund. Like if you want, if they will use that for like when they go to SC and shit, and shit like that. But if you wanted them to go to Georgia, you got to man up. I mean, what Chicago's paying for? I was going to say like, we need a Peter Chivarelli lounge or whatever. Yeah, he, type yeah he's he's paying for the band to go to Michigan, which is a different kind of a road trip okay. than Georgia for Notre Dame. I right. mean, obviously, sure. but it takes that kind of effort. Now we've had an Ohio accountant uh, donate all sorts of shit for the Notre Dame band. Uh, he donated some geothermal stuff too. Uh, so maybe they need to go back and hit him up. Uh, he's he's got anything left in his pockets. Uh, I can't remember his name. They named that building after him. What? Do you know his name? I don't. Anthony. Um, God, I was going to call him Mooch. Um, <laughs> Scaramucci. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a no. He, he's a brother. He's Italian. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a big uh, contributor. He was a former band member. Uh, big contributor, donator for uh, for their. Uh, so you, you need somebody like that to hit him up. As I would love to see Notre Dame's band, half force even, down at Sanford. We did their band pretty dirty in 2017. Uh, so maybe it's good they don't go. Maybe they would get the same kind of treatment. But if you don't know, Notre Dame – Guinness has run it so long, I don't care. Uh, if you don't know, Notre Dame is very hospitable. They love the other team. If you get into an argument with a with a fan from the other team inside Notre Dame Stadium, chances are you're the one who's going to get your ass walked out. Uh, so, to to understand why, how, and why they did something so marvelously petty, it, I I didn't think they had it in them. And so now with the whole the stadium renovations and all that, they stick the opposing band should should they choose to bring one at the very top. Right next to the jumbotron, yeah. And just about any time they go to play, that jumbotron kicks in. It's like there's a motion detector. It's fantastic. It is ridiculously petty, 
but it's like the one thing Notre Dame does to like give themselves any kind of home field advantage, like on purpose, other than telling you know the bands, the opposing teams' bands used to be down like on the uh, be on the visiting sides corner. Uh, what would it be the north? Yeah, yeah, or was that south south end zone? Either way, down in a corner. I've sat next <laughs> to them before. USC, it's horrible. Right. This is great. I don't know if they do that to. I don't know if they'll do that to SC. I don't know. I can't remember if they did that in 2017. To be, to be honest with you, Maybe, nah, they had to. If they had to, they wouldn't have just done that to Georgia because they would have hated them and called out for it. But they're petty as hell with it, and I love it. So Notre Dame would probably would have got the same treatment because um, you know we're supposed to get the same welcome, right? Down in Sanford is what they got in South Bend. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on down. Yeah, we'll see how that works. Um, I, have, I, I think Georgia fans are great. I think uh, their school owes them more road games out of the out of the southeast of the country more than like once every 40 years uh, because they seem like they are hungry for it. Cowards. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's see if any, let's see if any Georgia fan listen long enough to hear me just call him coward. You tweet at me at the Subway Domer, my burner account, or at the, one foot down. Come at me if, you, if you're a Georgia fan. You heard that cowards leave the southeast. All right, I think that's it. I think we got a whole lot of shouting. You got anything else? I don't have anything a, else. All right, give me your score prediction. Let, let, let's 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 get him down the line right now uh, on a Tuesday. <laughs> so I said thirty-eight seventeen in July in July when we did the season by season uh, this week by week predictions. Um, I'm still feeling pretty good about that score as I said earlier. Um, I might come down a little bit on Georgia. I could see like a thirty-one twenty sort of thing um that would have them covering the spread maybe a 31 17 thing um that's sort of where i am i'm sort of georgia 31 17 okay i mean that's that's reasonable absolutely reasonable allow me the happiest dude on saturday night i mean i'm gonna be with my dad i'm just gonna be the happiest dude on saturday night where are you you watching you guys you guys uh watching at home or you gonna go out to I'm going down to uh, celebrate my father's 71st birthday. So uh, we're going to party with him. His birthday is on Sunday. So on Saturday night, hopefully we get a little early birthday present and deliver a win. So and make him stay up for the whole game because he doesn't always stay up for the whole, <laughs> whole game. Those late games kind of get to 71 year olds. Well, yeah, this is a legit prime time. This is an eight o'clock game. This isn't. Yeah. Uh, and this it's is no not seven o'clock. ABC okay. ESPN, which is kind of crazy, too. So what's that? No, it's not an ABC ESPN. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah, not going to be Her- nuts. It's not a Herbie, uh, you know. No, we comment. get we get Danielson, which is just I'd rather have not him. Uh, <laughs> but at least, but at least no Vern, you know anymore. Poor <laughs> I, I don't think I can last, Vern's last couple of years were a little rough, but I, 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 you I know, love Vern for basketball. I like Vern for basketball a lot. So he he lost me in so many games. Like it. It never he lost himself in so many games. That was well, the just, problem. Yeah, they never seemed as big to him as what was going on around him. It was like he is the dog drinking the coffee around the fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just and Danielson. I don't know what the hell you want to call Danielson, but it's it, I 
I can never understood CBS's. I don't know. They, 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 it worked for them. Like they, CBS doesn't change a damn thing. Now, unlike NBC, who changes everything, and they're just going to tell you to fucking sit down and like it. Can I can I talk about this for one minute? Let's do it. I don't okay? care. If this goes an hour and a half, hour and forty five. I, I feel don't. like and this is it. Douglas Farmer is not is not going to hear this, and maybe somebody will tell him I said this. But I feel like he's carrying water for this for this Sky Camp thing. Uh, look, my feeling about the Sky Cam is if they're if they're insistent that it's here to stay, that no amount of us bitching about it will change anything, and then for will it'll be like everything else in our life, which where there's a massive change, which is like we'll complain, we'll complain, we'll complain, and then a year from now we'll just have sort of a begrudging acceptance of it. And so my feeling is wasting all your time and energy you know, tweeting at ND, ND at, on NBC is only literally just filling up Doug Farmer's inbox. And because he's carrying the water for, for his employer and I don't blame him for doing it. I just, you know, he's, he had a tweet that's like, you know, maybe it wasn't his tweet. Maybe it was ND at NBC. If you keep an open mind. And so the, the implicit assumption was that like, or the suggestion was like people who didn't like it worked, weren't keeping an open mind. Like, I think you can not like it and also not be accused of being closed minded. I just think that's a totally berating thing to put about it. Like the, like you literally think that you know better than everybody else out there and you're too stupid to like this thing that we think so great. That's what I mean. That's what, that's what I mean. There was definitely some times that I thought that's what that, that's what that man that farmer's taking all the shit for is saying and yeah doug is getting I, i'll say this uh halftime or uh, maybe not even halftime uh going for my food in the press box <laughs> doug's getting up from his seat looks at me because we had we had talked about this a little bit in the, on twitter the, uh leading up to it because i just like man this is not going to go over well and he's like man this is what it is blah 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 right he had kind of a surprise look on his face. And at the same time, one of those looks like, Oh my God. Like, I don't think the weight he, I don't think he knew what was coming at him from it. You know what I mean? Where, where there was a lot, like there was a lot of people pissed off about it. And he's as he's more publicly known than the guy that made the decision. And most people that are on Twitter watching the game, sure. They're following Doug. So, you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's, he, 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 he got, got land he, for it. He got it, but you know, at the same time, he's he's being company man, and he's he's sticking no. up for it, right? And he's and he's pushing it on people. He's saying like, look, this is, and he's he's being honest with people. Look, this is just the way it's going to be. They're not going to change their mind. So either get with it or keep complaining, but just understand that your complaints are going nowhere. You know, like you can at me if you want, but it's not, it's not, that, it's not, not doing. And I find, I find that re horribly terrible. I mean, well, I, I, because people, people have, look, you have an example from the, what this past week, I think it was the first week of the NFL season, or maybe it was the week before yeah, they hated it. Um, yeah. So the, ESPN had trotted out on what it was there. Was it their Thursday night game or their Sunday no, night? It was, game? It was NBC, NBC tried it on their, on their game. No, it was ESPN because it was a, it was like a first and 10 marker and everyone was talking about how much they hated it. And Schefter reported at halftime, the ESPN had heard the complaints and was reverting back or changing right. it on the fly. They did and, the right thing. And right. Schefter was praising his company for saying, you know, you're listening to fan response or whatever. Well, NBC is just like, this is our new paradigm. Like, 
And, and you read the quotes from the guy and he's just like, look, this gets you closer to the action. It gets you this, it gets you that, it gets you this or whatever. That's great. And you know what? They're going to work out some of the bugs so that the next time that Avery Davis uh, runs a, a jet sweep in the opposite direction than the cameraman and the cameraman gets fooled out or whatever, like maybe that maybe they'll switch to a better camera angle that sees him sprinting down the field because the, the camera angle that they took, the one that they had for the sky camp was terrible. And so they and clearly they have limitations from between the 20s and stuff that they acknowledge. But some of those swing passes where they would throw it to the edges of the screen or whatever, and then they had to go to the overhead view. And then you really couldn't you were like it was disoriented because like you do this oh, like terrible. You learn this in film class, like the first like first day in film class. Like you don't like it's shot reverse shot. Like right, you don't make it so that a guy is moving left to right through the screen and then all of a sudden he's moving right to left or whatever. And it's the same deal with like this overhead moving from this overhead shot to, you know, sort of the 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 um the the establishing shot for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Like you just the Lawrence Keys return the first game, you were like, Okay, this is this is definitely different because I got moved off the screen and where my eye thought Lawrence keys was going to be, it was not where Lawrence keys was anymore. You know right. what I mean? So, and what I was saying about the, about, it was NBC's game, NFL game, uh, Steelers and the Titans, mm-hmm. they, they use Sky and fans, NFL fans lost their damn mind. Nobody. Wants oh yeah. For preseason, right? They did this in preseason or, uh, it was a Sunday night game. Yeah, um, and they and August, they gave up on it middle of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So why are you? Who at, look? You see this in corporate culture. This, beyond everything else, just think of NBC is a business, right? It, they're there to make money. They're there to provide for their stockholders. It's but what is the customer. alternative? Nobody else can tune in to, NB, to Notre Dame well, games anywhere else. Like we're look, forced to watch. Right, this. But, they know they've got us. Right here, that's what I'm saying. Here's my thing. So what happens in corporate culture? Everyone tries to make sure that their job is important. Like they got to, no matter what, they're, they're making sure that, that, uh, that there's worth there. So you, some, so someone can just can't sweep in and say, we're getting rid of you, getting rid of you, getting rid of you. you and that's what this feels like to me. With this guy like doubling down so hard, he's trying to make sure that, you know, he's making a mark. By I'm the one who was the forward thinker to this blah blah blah, and for him to my problem is is them calling fans closed minded is you know how ridiculous is that coming from someone who I mean to be fair they didn't call fans closed minded he said if you keep an open mind so the, the implicit assumption is that the yeah. people who weren't were closed minded so I'm it was it was implied I, it was it, it wasn't I'll go with the implications exactly that's exactly what they mean. And they mean they and they probably mean more than that. They probably mean that you're too stupid to to enjoy something different. So <laughs> that that's just what I'm implying from that, from what they're yeah. saying. I, you know but, what? I didn't I didn't hate it. And and to be honest with you, I, if this is, becomes the new normal, I, I like I'm going to have complaints about it until they figure out exactly how plays work and that how they're going to call a better game in terms of their their direction, their shot selection. And they, they get, they knew how to do it with the old system. And so they're learning it now and they just, they don't have enough real life experience. So every game they're going to get a little bit better. And I think if they stick with it throughout the year, then we'll just have a begrudging respect for it. I think my point and the point made by what the hell was wrong with what we had there. That's the point I'm making is 
Football is, and Andy Staples uh, nailed this in his podcast this week. Football is a sport that was absolutely made for television. Just the way the dimensions are, especially nowadays with our TVs. Look, you are not going to get the full live game experience by watching it on television at home. Right. And no one should try to sell you that. And the way that they're talking about you, the certain angles that you would see in the game. No, that's that. You don't, you, you get that live, right? But you get that where you don't feel like you're spinning around after you chugged, you know, a 12 pack of white claw and fucking fell down some steps. That's what these camera angles feel like when they're moving around. It just, it makes no sense. Like, and for them to like hammer, like, this is the thing. This is what we're doing. Get, I mean, get used to it. Right. That's there. It makes no sense. I am very, very curious, very curious to see what happens with Virginia coming to town. I'd be very curious to see ratings. Let's say Notre Dame beats Georgia. Okay. Let's say, okay. This is this, 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 a wonderful world. Notre Dame beat Georgia. You are the number four team in the country. Playing another top 25 team, probably. Another top 25 matchup. Virginia's undefeated. Coming to South Bend. We've all nailed, so many people have locked this down as a trap game. Uh, so it's a, it's a big game. What do you do? You have endless amounts of social media posts. You have just about anyone with a podcast or a access to the internet to publish stories on blogs and for you know websites trashing this thing. Everybody. I mean, whatever the percentages are, say it's 80-20. The 20% are not defending this thing. They're just they're just someone who's probably been told that they don't that they need to keep an open mind and they don't want to seem like they're closed minded about that. At least that's what I'm getting. So I mean, I, what do you I do? Just, do you, I, I do you feel just keep like, riding with this thing that is trash? Well, and if NBC is, does that, then I, I just I just, there's not no going to lose people. Notre Dame fans are still going to tune in, and so are people who are interested in just college football in general. I don't know, man. I think well, look, this is this to me is like when they made the major Facebook re, uh, remodel. I don't even remember what it was. It was less than 10 years ago, maybe more than five, but well, less this than 10 isn't years Facebook. ago. And everyone this isn't was a, like, this isn't Facebook's every, so confused. Notre Dame football is not an everyday then, utility. What's it that? Is, it's a fuck, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame football is not an everyday utility like Facebook has become to the world. You're going to have to. So you have all these, this stretch time, like two weeks is the same amount of time as the entire three months of the season, right? You compared Facebook change to Notre Dame football viewing on NBC change. And it's even more greater because it's not all 12 games, six games, but or seven games is all at home. So this is your, this is your paradise. This is your holiday. This is, this is, this is getting everything screwed up wrong on a vacation. That's not how this is going to work. The, the big changes like you, like you were, you, I'm glad you said something about, you know, like Facebook right there, right? That's yeah. something you have to use every day. You are going to drastically get, you know, you're not drastic, but you are gradually going to get used to it at some point. And it became, unfortunately, such a staple to people's lives as it is that they got over it. That is not how college football works. I, That's not how I think, football works. I think they're going to they're they're run this for two years. 
people are going to get used to it and then they're going to try it for NFL and they're going to have the same pushback and they're going to have learned from, from Notre Dame that like at, at some point people just get over it. They just begrudgingly accept it. I don't think so. I, I, I think you're underestimating a large, I mean, right now you're absolutely right. I would say on, on social media. But, that I've seen, and I guess my like, whole point is it's what 85, 15 right now, 80, 20. Here's the, here's the thing though, Jude, why, why in the fuck because you no inno- no innovation comes without uh, without breaking. Well, what's you know, so you innovative? Make, you can't make eggs. So you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. You know what I mean? Like this. I mean, is, who cares? I I just don't get where is the need for innovation. Not everything needs to be innovated. I mean, a baseball is a fucking baseball, right? It's leather. It's 108 stitches. Who gives a shit? There does not need to be a whole lot of innovation, right? I mean, they screw with baseballs all the time. So I'm I know not, they, I'm they, they sure should. But going. I mean. <laughs> But what I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, not everything needs to a fucking a I'm holding a mason jar right here full of booze. The mason jar has not changed it I my entire life. Where's the innovation needed? None. You do not have to innovate and change. Well, I guess it comes down to whether or not you think football broadcasts have built the perfect mousetrap. I mean, I I don't I don't get I guess I don't agree. I think there's some things that we've, we've always wanted to have and, and football, uh, broadcast that, that now they're trying to give to us, you know? Yeah, but they're not. <laughs> okay. I know. I, I, I get, I get what you're saying, but there's the way that, uh, fuck, I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, you are, you the are hard, well in the majority the hardcore, here. Hard line edge that NBC is thrown off here. Is, I mean, this they're may, making this more may enemies than friends. This may be my biggest folly since Drew Tranquil won't get drafted. I mean, I'm fully willing to admit that they might abandon this after the Virginia game, you know, but I actually honestly think this is just their way station to getting onto Sunday night NBC. I'm not, I'm not sold that they'll abandon it this year. But I, I have, I got my, I'm just trying to figure out why they want to have the pushback that they get from it. I mean, you are literally going to get, the hate mail, the I'm telling you, viewership's going to go down. I, okay. I I know you. I, I know that you're. You think I'm wrong on that? I don't. I know old people. Old people watch Notre Dame. Notre Dame is old people. It's going to go down. There are people right now that if we don't win big enough, they're not watching. They're going to listen to it on a fucking radio. Sure. So people are not going to stand for this shit. They'll watch them on their away games, and then. And then when it comes back to the home, they might tune in for a quarter and be like, you know what? This is on, you know, watching them play Bowling Green on this bullshit ass camera is unfucking doable. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting at. So now okay. so you're gonna throw you're gonna throw in all these shit home games that you have, which with this camera that makes you feel like you just fucking down a bottle of Everclear and jumped on the Titanic. <laughs> Who's gonna deal with that? What's the point? I, I, What's I don't the know, but I will tell you that if for any reason NBC's viewership numbers are up, Douglas Farmer will be probably tweeting that uh, and writing about that. Uh, so we'll, if, we will know. And if they if he doesn't write about only, that, then, then we'll know the opposite is true. So. The only reason Notre Dame or the NBC's numbers would be up, and I doubt that they'll be up for for Virginia. But if Notre Dame wins, beats Georgia, right. which oh surprise. Big time top five team <laughs> playing another ranked team is a is something that Notre Dame can sell in fucking black and white. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean that that's not a big surprise. If anyone touts that as a big win, 
Uh, I mean, I have a serious problem with that. Tariko's still great. I still waiting for. I mean, Doug Flutie had one at the beginning of the. New Mexico I mean, only game. NBC can create something so shitty that it distracts from Doug Flutie being a fucking tart. He said I mean, something at the beginning of the New Mexico game that was Ian Book needs to be better. Uh, needs to decide his decisions better or something words to that effect. And it was just like, like the lady he, said the word the, just, he said decisions like twice in, in the same sentence. And I was like, <laughs> is it like the lady in the newscast? We, we tried to ask them, but they had already died. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were unavailable for comment. Uh, and then they died or whatever that, whatever how that went. Yeah. That was the most. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How, how maybe, maybe, maybe NBC is brilliant. Maybe they are the mad scientist. Because they're tired of Bridget and her Brady Quinn for the booth campaign. Ah. They want to silence her and they, they can't get rid of her. That's illegal, but they can get rid of her. And so they're going to do this with this sky cam. And y'all better watch out. There'll be no more talk of Brady Quinn because everyone's puking from the seasickness. <laughs> Let's Bridget, leave it there. Fight the good fight. All right, we gotta go. That's enough. Beat, beat bulldogs. Go beat. Irish. Go Irish.